heroes, it's Dylan, your host of One Shot. And while I'd love to make a little gag about how I was actually the host the whole time, or that I broke into the One Shot headquarters and stole the keys to the studio, and James is currently banging on the door outside, it's really an honor to be here. And I'm genuinely so touched that James has let me take part in something so special that he worked so hard to build. And I really want to thank you, the listeners, for giving me a shot and welcoming me on board. I super want to hear from you. Like, were there guests that you adored or games that you loved that you'd like to see reappear? Are there new voices or games that you would love to see on the show? I am literally all ears for you heroes and your thoughts. I want you to keep loving this show as much as you always did, but with me and the driver's mic. Now this week, my inaugural week, James D'Amato and I sat down one-on-one to play a game called I Have the High Ground by Jess Levine. This game is a game of verbal jousting, the buildup of tension in the moments before a grand fight actually occurs, played with an elegantly narrative version of rock, paper, scissors. I have had the privilege to play with James before, but we really got to storycraft something fun and unexpected here that made the hours fly by. And you'll see what I mean in a moment, but Jess has made something great. The gameplay itself is a breeze to learn, and the character creation process is so fun and thorough that by the time you start playing, it's on. I fully played this game twice more since James and I sat down together, so yeah, it's an A plus from me. All right, enough of me rambling, let's get to the game. actually not sure how to do this one i've been pretty sure (laughs) of how to do these introductions for 10 years uh i guess pushing knocking on the door of 11 years now yeah um but this one feels different yeah why does it feel different to you james i i don't know odd uh what an odd question to ask me um it's just normally i would say hey let's meet our party for this week but mm. you know we're not we're not in a party, are we? No, I don't think I don't think there's anything related to a party about this. I think. Um, Dylan, let's have you introduce yourself uh, for, for the listeners, um, just so they know who you are and your voice, so we don't get confused. Sure, sure, we are easily confused. Uh, uh, hey, heroes, I'm Dylan, Dylan Apellian, or Super Dylan. My pronouns are she, he, and they. And heroes, uh, I am James D'Amato. You normally are your host and game master. Before we get started, before we we dive into the game that we're going to play, uh, we like to get things started off here with an icebreaker question so folks can get to know uh, the people on the stream or the people on the podcast. And Dylan, that question for you is, what do you think is your favorite cinematic duel scene? Oh, Dang. Okay. Um, oh gosh, my favorite cinematic duel scene. I guess it doesn't have to be in a movie if, like, there's a television show that you think does it like sure. very well or whatever. Sure. I don't know. There is there's a particular fight scene between uh, between Xena, Warrior Princess, and mm-hmm. Ares. And I can't remember the episode that it's from. I sure, just sure, remember sure. that they dueled in that show in general, but especially in this 
stool. Everything was like dance choreo. And that was something that I loved about it because like the fights were never really like particularly brutal in terms of like violence, like not a lot of gore or even like injuries ever occurred in that show, but it just felt like a really elaborate dance. And then when you like take into account over the course of this show, how like romantically charged the relationship like and the like hate between Xena and Aries always was like that being a dance always kind of stuck out for me. So I, I like that one. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. <laughs> I'll have to yeah. track down that episode. Yeah, I I will. I'm on a rewatch of Xena of now. So when I get to it, <laughs> I will. I will I, share it with you. You know, they we are not uh, receiving any funds from them, but I will throw out a quick plug for Xena Warrior Business, uh, which recently wrapped up uh, the Xena Rewatch podcast. I did an episode of that. Uh, oh, I have lovely, to check that out. Lovely, yeah. fun, fun show. Yeah. That's great. I, okay. Can I ask you an icebreaker question oh, of yeah, my of very own? <laughs> I feel like that's appropriate. I feel like that's appropriate I think it to is. the form. I think it is. Um, all right. So, James, and this will make sense to the listeners eventually. Um, what is like the highest stakes decision you've left to rock, paper, scissors? <laughs> you know, I don't think that... Uh... I don't think that's a common tool that I've used to solve many things. I feel like I feel like I've used eeny meeny miny mo mm, mm-hmm. more often. I'll accept that as yeah. a, an answer. There, there was a, a time in my life where I sent a very uh, personal and like charged love letter to someone and i it was one of those things where you know after writing the letter and revising the letter probably one of the most revised documents that i've ever written oh, in sure. my life yeah um where i have it and then you actually have to make the decision that you are going to send it yeah. and in, in certain ways, you don't want the responsibility for having made that decision. Like, yeah, for good or ill, like if it is you who have sent it like that, that makes it so if you put it in the hands of fate, if you turn it over to our good friend, Eni, uh, yeah. their friend, Nini, Miney, and Mo, yeah. one of them ultimately makes the call whether you sit on that or send it. Uh, exactly. And so, that is, I think that is the highest stakes decision of basically like closing up that that envelope and whatnot, and actually ultimately deciding to to send that letter was was technically not on my not on my back, not on my hands. It's not it's not on you, and whatever yeah. happened, not that's your fate. responsibility. That yeah. is fate, and it was always going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. That's the end of it. Yeah, I like that. I like that very much. And I'm glad that you told me that story. Well, all right, then we have to dive into this game because we got to fight each other. We got to fight each other. We have to um, we have to verbally duel each other. Love it. Which I'm really excited about. Would you would you like to introduce the game or shall shall I? 
Well, I believe someone has introduced the game already in broad terms, but the game that we are going to be playing together is I Have the High Ground. Mm, okay. Which is, according to its cover, a collaborative two-player dueling game of banter, posturing, and capes. It is. And um, this is an audio medium. However, you are actually wearing a cape, which does I did, help you. <laughs> I did read the game in advance and I did decide to show up in a cape. So Yeah, it's pretty good. You do get a couple of advantages for doing that. and uh, And I respect you more for it. Dylan, one of the things that I've learned doing this job is you you respect the game, you play it on its own terms, and you try to win. <laughs> yes. And this is what's great about this is there aren't a whole lot of RPGs where the point is to win. And mm -hmm. there is definitely a win condition in this game. And I like that very much. I'm going to see who does it. I'm at a disadvantage, though, because I don't own a cape. I should you don't own a cape? I don't own a cape. I have, I own a cloak. Uh, and I, mm. I have several cape-esque garments, but no sure. literal cape. Yeah. You know, uh, a couple of years ago when he kind of announced a semi-retirement from the acting world, Antonio Banderas said that he wanted to go into fashion design with the explicit goal of thrusting capes back into mainstream fashion. And... I respect it so much. I respect and, it so much. And I I wish there was more success that we had seen from that. But, you know, that sort of means that it's kind of up to us to carry on that mission. It, it, is, it is. It was either Antonio Banderas or you and I. Those were. Yeah. yeah those were the options. Yeah. It's where are the capes you want to see in the world. This is I am I am so chagrined by this. I will actually go and buy a cape as soon as I'm able. I can't let this happen again. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How do we get started on this? So the game is that like, you know, you and I are dueling each other. It doesn't need to be a literal fight. It can be. It can be some sort of, you know, Star Wars-esque uh, situation. It can be like just a verbal argument where we sort of use uh, dueling as a mechanic to, to, to fence each other. Um, but we need a concept to start of like, what, the, what kind of duel is this gonna be? And I did, I did, I don't know if you have any thoughts, but I did bring some. Uh, Ooh, so you did do some homework. I did some I homework. This. I did some homework. All right, so we can be any two people in any situation where we are dueling each other. And these are the things that I thought up at about two o'clock in the morning. Sure, sure, <laughs> last sure. Last night. Um, first one is we are a broken up couple who are trying to do that sitcom trope. <sighs> where we're trying to get a mutual pet to choose one of us. And we're arguing ah. <laughs> as we do that. God. Oh, that that's brutal. <laughs> that's <laughs> That might be too harsh for my delicate heart. <laughs> I don't want to hurt you. Uh, two, uh, we are two disgraced knights arguing over who had the most fame, even though 
now we both kind of suck. That's kind of fun. That is kind of fun. I do like that. And the third one is that the internet is down and we are both egregiously wrong about a piece of media trivia. Wow. Wow. <laughs> God. God. It, it, that's, it's really sending me like the, the life that I could have lived if, if I lived in a previous generation where you simply knew nothing. You knew yeah. nothing, and it was all based on your own terrible memory. A yeah. horrifying, horrifying world. I want there to be at least some measure of of literal fighting element. I do think. I do think. I that's like that. Fun. Yeah, yeah. I like a good fighting element. There's there's something in this in the the stakes of this game where you get to kind of choose like what level of stakes you want it to be. I think uh, picking our stakes is probably a great place for us to start as we we sure. narrow in on the options established. And those stakes are foil, uh, uh -huh. which is a low stakes, um, where the thing that's really at play with foil is pride. Someone will win and someone will lose, but it mm -hmm. is very likely that both opponents are going to walk away alive, essentially. Right. After that, we've got saber, which has meaningful stakes where we could easily end up being injured or killed. It's not right. just pride anymore, uh, but mm -hmm. these stakes pretty much affect just us. And then there is epe, uh, which these are all fencing terms. Uh, if you mm -hmm. are in the audience and you've not heard that, that's different types of fencing sort. Epe, which is the stakes don't just affect us. They affect everyone around us uh <laughs> basically we would be in the middle of a duel in the middle of a war and whoever wins will like thousands of soldiers uh behind them will either or live or die it is very funny to me to pair epe with two people without the internet arguing about a pop culture thing um i yes. don't We're i don't know how you pull that off but <laughs> I mean, it's it was the early 2000s were a mess. If you were a, at a bar and, you know, like and, and the fight got bad enough and the drinks were strong enough, you could get yourself hit in the face for being wrong about when bread was invented. You know, like there's so it's like two like writers are like arguing yeah. over the outcome of a, like a historical battle because they're working on a script together. And whichever one of them is right, that side wins. So it is still thousands of lives at stake. But I, I don't oh. know. I don't know that I want to talk myself too far into that. Honestly, given the stakes, I like foil very much because mm -hmm. it, it the low stakes, when it's about pride, it's a lot more personal. When you are externalizing your stakes to, mm. I feel like submitting yourself to life or death circumstances is almost less vulnerable than simply putting your pride on the line. Because if you throw yourself yeah. into something and die, you don't have to live with the consequences of your death. Yeah. But if you lose a pride fight, you lose pride. Yeah. This is just like the eeny, meeny, miny, mo situation. It's, yeah. It's, it's exactly the same. It's out of your hands at that point. And it is, yeah, it's definitely worse. I like, all right, I like foil. Our prides are at stake. And it can still, a fight can still happen. Like 
you know, at foil, like things like a, a brawl or like a small duel can like still be at play here. So we can still have a little bit of a fight if we wanted to. This is making me lean towards two kind of washed up knights then. Um, because if you're a washed up knight, uh, kind of yeah. pride is the only thing you have left at that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like it. I do. I'm a big fan. All right. So foil and we are disgraced knights competing with each other for our former glory. That's pretty good. Do you feel do you feel settled on that? I I do feel settled on that. Uh, we need to drill down on that genre a little bit, Dylan, though. We sure uh, do. Are these mundane knights in, in our real world? Um or are these like fantasy knights? Is this uh, sci-fi space knights type thing? Um, where does your heart lie? Yeah, I like I like space knights a lot. That appeals to all my sensibilities. Okay. Um, yeah, space knights sounds good. All right. All right, so we are washed up space knights. Now, the mm -hmm. I, I think um, media has given us like a, a plethora of things to choose from for us to figure out what a space knight kind of constitutes. You know, you do have your Jedi knights and whatnot, mm -hmm. um, but there's also the appeal of like Voltron knights, of like people that used to fly around in, in giant robots. Like that's very fun yeah. and cool. I I guess Dune, I, I don't know enough about Dune to even uh, uh, remark on it, but like, what does a space knight mean to you? So when I think knight, like the thing, the image that like first pops into my head is like the, the, the knight in shining armor, like on top of horseback, like storming into battle. Okay. And I think like in space, I want sort of that, but I want them to be riding like sandworms or like oh. space whales, you know, like whatever. I want it to just be a little bit more dramatic, like the 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 steed that the knights are on. Yeah. And uh, and then, of course, you know, the armor I'm picturing more of like a Trony kind of. Great. Uh, oh, that's like, delicious. Like light, lights uh, under the visor kind of symbols that can appear um, on them, you know, to, to display certain things and uh, indicate tension. Uh, that's 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 what I'm thinking. OK, OK, OK. Well, then I think that leaves us in a place where. I sort of want, if we're going to do their riding something unusual and there's like almost a jousting element to it, I feel like they ride like meteors and comets, you know? Oh, that's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. So, like, I think you basically take this futuristic thing that they either call like a lance or a sword and you like stab it into a comet that becomes your gravitational control over the comet right and you can like steer it in all kinds of different directions so the way battles are fought is essentially you're just finding a piece of effluvia just like somewhere in space and you stake your claim on it and then you just yeah. bash into stuff 
Right. That's and what you'd a knight chip is. away at your like opposing knight's comet mm-hmm. and like and then they will just eventually become unseated and float mercilessly in space. Yeah, eventually they just don't have ground to stand on. Yeah. Uh I dig it. What a what a cool take on uh <laughs> space fighting. Hell yeah. Okay. Uh so I think our next step is history. I believe so. I this is pretty fun because like we know they're both disgraced. Mm-hmm. Probably for different reasons, but actually, like, this is a good question: Are they disgraced or washed up? They, they, those are two ugh, different things. They, those are two different things. Um, you know what? It doesn't have to be the same. Like they could, as long as they're both no longer at like the the top of their right. um, game, they're no longer knights for whatever reason. It doesn't necessarily need to be the same reasoning why they're just sort of out now. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know what? I want to take our world building and return to Voltron a little bit and say that whatever makes you a knight, like the gravitational control device is like kind of a sacred artifact. Not just anybody can be a knight. You are selected by a cosmic thing. And like, eventually you do age out of that situation and like have to pass on your artifact to someone else or the artifact just leaves and suddenly is, is following a new master. So I think at least for my guy, it's like, doesn't have it anymore. Doesn't have the artifact. Can't literally can't go out and write a comment anymore. Oh, that is sad. Uh, yeah, that that <laughs> that's sad. Um, I think that my my night in a in a different fashion. I think probably a similar vein, like those 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 lances or those space Excaliburs are very you know sacred and important. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I think my guy just like was like I'm keeping this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I am going to go do my own thing and like just fly comets around for fun uh, somewhere else in space. But that's like super frowned upon. And uh, and now I guess he no longer has one either and also has a reputation now. OK, I think then there is betrayal between us. I feel like mm, we mm-hmm. were in the same sacred knightly order, like a, a like a knights of the round table um, or mm. uh, uh, knights in the orbit of the, the sacred star or whatever. And, you know, we were both like doing good, fighting together side by side. Right. And then I feel like, I feel like your character is just slightly older than mine. You go rogue and become the villain of the piece for the next stretch of it. Yeah. Um, but I kind of think in my time, I never get you. I never managed to like catch up with you, whether it's I never managed right. to beat you yeah. and I pass on my artifact like you're supposed to do. Um, sure. And eventually, eventually you don't have your hands on yours anymore. And like at the end of the day, it's like, well, what can you do? It's like right. you're not you're not a danger to anyone anymore. You're a danger when you're on top of a comet, but you can't do that. So yeah, 
we just kind of end up in like the same space of like, oh, I used to be something special. Yeah. And we can't even we can't even settle our disagreements. We can't no, we even can't. settle them. Not the way that we know how to, not the way that we excel at. And not in a way that would give us like that last final glory. Like you could have still passed on your, you know, your lance, uh, but you could have done it having caught me uh, and being like the hero, uh, but you didn't do it. So, yeah, <laughs> tough titties, <laughs> tough, tough, titties. tough titties. That's true. All right. Great. Betrayal, delicious, mm-hmm. excellent. The descriptors part of this, I think, is really fun. There are a couple of different things. So we get to do the first two together. There's a couple of pairings of descriptors here. And we get to pick one pair of opposites that describe our characters. Mm-hmm. Um, like both of us, which is very cool. Um So there's things like cruel versus empathetic, vengeful versus forgiving, reputable versus underestimated. Seeing a couple of these like already feel right. Yeah. Reputable versus underestimated. I think that is Uh an interesting distinction. Yeah. Because a lot a lot of these I feel like uh, place us in a, a very specific places, but reputable versus underestimated. It's like there's Mm. proven and then there's kind of untested. And so there's no real distinct answer there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that also. Um, I'm feeling like underestimated could be you in that. Like you never you never got to like to to do that final big thing. Oh, yeah. I what if like there was just another night assigned to bring you in and I had to just like continue doing the nightly duties. What if they send me to like do the nightly duties of like the whole kingdom. So like I am fighting the forces of the negaverse or whatever. And like all the other knights are dispatched to like take you in or whatnot. So it's like the single knight who could handle everybody else's business. Yeah isn't sent after you. It's all the other knights. And I'm getting real rule follower vibes off of you. Oh, yeah. You're, so like, like I could have swaltz right into your <laughs> into your pathway and you'd be like, I got to make a phone call. You mm-hmm. know, like you're not you're not going to go off book. I come and get me. <laughs> adore that, Dylan. I adore the idea that, like, oh yeah, you show up to try and tempt me off the path, and it's like, <laughs> no, buddy, that's the difference between you and me is that I'm gonna do this. <laughs> oh, nerd. Yeah, love it, love it. <laughs> and I like also the idea that we can twist reputable to be that, like. It's not necessarily a good, you know, reputation. Um, like, I, I'm i like proven to be very good at what I do or to have been at some point previously. But it's not in a way that people like and like it's not in a way that I could ever like live a life well among the people. It's just... 
uh, it's 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 more akin to like infamy than anything else. So yeah, you defeated yeah. the other you know sacred knights or whatnot. Yeah, it's like. Exactly. They know you're known as indisputably one of the greatest knights in history. Uh, yeah. And it's been proven on the battlefield. It's just you didn't do it for good reasons. You did it for, you know, because you didn't want to give away your lance. Yeah, it's a nice lance. Because <laughs> writing uh, comets rules, actually. Yeah, yeah. Why do we only do this to fight with each other? It should be fun. All right. I love that. That's so solid. Um, the next one we also did together, which is to pick one individual descriptor that we both have. Yeah. Um, that's very fun. There's one. There's one I'm eyeing, but we could also go a little. I want to hear what you're eyeing. Well, so passionate jumped out at me and sure. I because yeah. like we've both established that we both have pretty strong beliefs like in why we've done what we've done. Yeah, you were willing to betray your entire civilization, I guess, yeah. to to follow your beliefs. And I never strayed from my path to the point where I never got to test to prove myself. Yeah. So, yeah, passionate does make sense. Yeah. But flamboyant is also right there. And I just, that's also just such a funny picture in my mind. Just two really crummy flamboyant nights. Less thematic. I, yeah, I, well, I mean, (laughs) so we can just accept that passion is a truth that exists, but like, I, I feel like them both being flamboyant in some way is also funny and good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and like, I mean, what is flamboyance if it's not plunging your spear into a flying comet and like soaring it across the deep darkness of space into another comet? That is. Yeah. A flourish, if I've ever heard one. Yeah, I agree. I think so. I think we are necessarily passionate and flamboyant. And even if that technically falls just like a a, a skosh outside the rules, both characters need to be represented here. Um, Yeah. And and therefore, we, we must. We must break the rules. We must. Of course. Yeah. What's up, heroes? It's Dylan. Welcome to the mid-roll. This is my first mid-roll, so I don't have much to tell you about yet, but I will say that if you are headed to Breakout Con in Toronto, Canada this March 15th through 17, I will be there doing a live show of The Atomless, which is my Starfinder audio drama. I would be super happy to meet you, and I'd be especially happy to hear your thoughts about One Shot. Speaking of March, if you're going to be at Emerald City Comic Con this year, James and Jeff and John from System Mastery will be there doing a live show of Netflix and Kill, the RPG game show. And that sounds rad as hell to me. I'm a little sad that I can't be there for that. All right, well, before we get back to the game, we have to hear a quick word from our sponsors. Okay, individually, pick two to three individual descriptors that are true about your character. 
Okay. I, I'll take, I, I would take Wizened. Ooh. I think that that's like, it's good. It's also like a good trait to be if you want to be a condescending piece of crap. Um, I, I like, I like Wizened. I am going to I go with something that I think is very funny, and I'm going to take forgiving, uh, which puts me in a position of, I want to forgive you so bad. Oh, I no. just want to oh. let it all go, let water be under the bridge, but you refuse. You absolutely mm. refuse to oh, yeah. acknowledge anything that you've done. And it's like, that's all I need at this point. You're not a danger to anyone. I'm not a danger to anyone. We could just coexist peacefully, but we don't. <laughs> oh, God. I think I think that's a funny frustration game. It's very, that's very funny. Yeah. And then I, I think I will, I think I will also take Reckless. I think Reckless Ooh, is a cool. good one for for this for this night. And I like the idea of wordy. I don't know how it's going to manifest itself, but I tend yeah. to be pretty wordy in my narration and uh, whatnot anyway. So I feel like I'll pull it off. So why not pretend yeah. I'm just playing a character trait right now? Yeah, you're doing it on purpose. It's very on purpose. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it so much. Okay, I feel like I feel like I have a good a very solid image appearing in my head of this, this crappy night. Exposition is what brought us together here, which is like, we know like the deep past a little bit, mm -hmm. but like what is actually leading up to us having this confrontation uh, between the two of us that we're going to have today. Okay. Okay. All right. Gotta think this through. Um, so I've been sort of thinking of like we're we're in the situation now, this post night era, where mm -hmm. we are living within proximity to each other and still sparring about things, but like in a toothless kind of way. Um, mm. So it's a situation where like you're not arrested. You know, you are yeah. free to go as you wish. Uh, and we're in the same place. Part of me thinks that this means ultimately at the end of your career or, you know, whatever, like before you lose your uh, uh, lance as well, there's a situation that calls even you, our uh, hated rival of, of our sacred order, to band together to resolve the situation that absolves you of your crimes in the eyes of like the country at large. Oh God. I, I love that. I love that a lot. And I think I kind of want it to be like an accident, like that, that I did kind of rally to this thing <laughs> um, because you know, like I, I'm resentful of you people. You took my sure. amazing lance away. Like what pricks? But I think it would be funny if, like, just somebody happened to like get in my way on a particularly bad day, and they wound up being like the guy that stole the keys to, you know, 
uh, that's funny (laughs) yeah sure 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 yeah it's like some something just sort of but then i'm like lauded as a hero and it's like oh i guess i don't have to run from the space cops anymore so i guess i'll take it is your was your lance destroyed in that fight is that how you lose it or or is it confiscated from you like i think i think that it I think it was confiscated from me before that fight. Like, oh. like I was like caught and it was taken and like, I'm just sort of like on the lamb. And then I just happened to like mess up a couple of bandits who took something super, super crucial or expensive or both. And then it's like, all right, you're forgiven. We don't need to like, haul you in and throw you into the you know fire pits anymore uh you still can't have your lance back but you uh you get to live uh, on the planets with the oxygen great great so then we are in just like i feel like this is it has the energy of like that town that appeared in hot fuzz where it's kind of like a little idyllic sort of yeah retirement community uh-huh. where there are a bunch of like other nights around and whatnot but also like regular people yeah and yeah and so right. like if we're going to the pub at the end of the day we're likely both gonna be there right and it's like a, it's a small town situation um which I I I always love and you know, how long we live in the same long, building. We live in the same building. We do. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. We live in the same building. Of course, we live in the same building because we're drawing from the same hot water tank. Yeah, we're <laughs> we live in the same building. We're uh, the the same building above the bar, maybe. Um, yeah, of course. This is, mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously. Um. I feel like, okay, this bar though needs like I I'm we've triggered like a a a, a dissonance thing where I'm picturing like fantasy tavern. I gotta like zhuzh it up into a space space bar a little You're bit right. in my brain. We gotta we gotta space it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because like I do love I do like it being idyllic. I think that's very fun, especially yeah. because you have established Tron clothes, and that's yeah. great. And yeah, you, w- wild horses could not drag that from me. We've got yeah. Tron clothes on. Yeah, um, excellent. <laughs> around idyllic elements, and they look silly. And we will get into describing them. But right. this bar, we do want it to be okay. So let's picture a bar for a second um bars have the the spigots and whatnot so immediately those spigots become floating crystals liquid still dispenses uh but like i don't even know if it's from a pipe you like pull the crystal and then like beer will fill i think and this is where we'll go back old school style like they are regular glass mugs but yeah they are filled by like this crystal dispenser which like generates the the liquid um the bartender is old and curmudgeonly 
I think they're just a big goo. Oh, I love a big goo. His name could be mm-hmm. John. He could be Big John. He's just mm-hmm. like, he's That's just big a John. Goo. That's Big John, the Big goo. goo. He's just goo. And he, oh, the way, you know, the way you can just throw your tips at him and they just stick. It's the best. I love He takes John. up the entire, like, bar area. Like, it's just all John and his goo. Oh. And like just his like head will pop up where you are at the bar and then like will descend into his gooey body and like reappear somewhere else at the exactly. next like spot on the bar. <laughs> and he's a multi-brained organism. He can maintain yeah. multiple conversations up and down the bar for sure. Yeah. Um, That's why he makes so uh, much money in tips here. Yeah, exactly. He's got yeah, a close personal so relationship with every every single person there. Um, yeah. I do think there should be a a serving person um, that also works in the bar who's like a lot younger, yeah. um, who maybe I think the serving person, and I don't know that it's important for us to establish this, but I love to establish it's it. It's very important they're, to me. <laughs> they're angling to be a knight. So like they're gro- uh, they're growing up they're they're get, got this job in a bar full of yeah. the greatest space knights in all of history because they want to be a knight one day. Um, Ugh, but they don't know that you just it's just a luck of genetics. You just have to be born being able to carry a sphere. It's like, yeah, it's really sad for this kid. I'm sad for them. But like also. Who wants to crush their dreams? Um, yeah. And, well, yeah, and obviously, I believe that anybody can do anything that they set their mind to. Uh, and I'm very encouraging of their dreams, even if there's like a one percent chance that your body will resonate with the lance and allow you to wield it yeah if that kid can pull a lance when they turn 18 i'm Mm -hmm. going to start a war uh like i'm (laughs) so mad already (laughs) that this kid (laughs) uh my could even the chance exists that they could get a lance makes me mad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I kind of think the way the lances work is once you give yours up, you like set it into a stone, like yeah. like sword in the stone style, and yeah. you can't pull it out again. So it it's just the n- next new person has to be able to pull it out. Ugh. And yours is up. I think it's I yeah, think it's, it's on to yours. So when that kid turns eighteen, they're gonna go grab that lance. To bring a sword. Do you could you imagine the day that they held me at gunpoint and forced me to put that sword back in the stone, <laughs> like so? <laughs> I like I I am so curious about how that happens, and like part of me believes that like it is just coincidence or something. It's like you left it in your coat which got left at a restaurant or is it like, it's something totally stupid. It wasn't yeah. even a big fight. <laughs> oh God. And you're I, like, yeah, oh, I guess that, I got to run because like I should me. be punished with a fire pits. Yeah. I guess, I guess that was a nice run. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how it happens. That's, that's pretty good. All right. I love 
this bar and I love Big John. Um, Big and John the goo. Anything happens to Big John in this life or the next, I will riot. I love Big John. Um, we've kind of we've 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 gotten into the environment. The environment that we're in is Big John's saloon. Big John, um, Big John's, Big John's cool bar for saloon. fun friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, kind of an idyllic little town for yeah. retired knights and normal people. And that's on the sign. That is on the sign. Oh, um, it says characters get out uh, <laughs> in small print underneath. We don't need your ilk here. No, um, no exceptional people allowed. <laughs> no, just regular folks and retired knights. And retired um, knights. <laughs> we. We get to create our characters, but we've we've, we've done a lot of legwork here. Um, mm-hmm. This is the part where I, I must put my tail between my legs um, because the first part Ooh. of the character creation process is the cape rubric. Mm, where this this feels some, important. This feels significant. Yeah, somebody on the cape rubric. There are a bunch of things that could happen. Number one, of course, in the cape rubric, is whoever actually wore a cape. To this game, which only one of us did, and it is James D'Amato. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I can't even really even pretend to be mad at you for the bit because it looks really good. It's um, a great. Uh, and Dylan, <laughs> I, I want to tell you, I had a choice between three. Uh, so I, I and I wore the one that I felt was most appropriate. Good. For the occasion. This is mm. the velvet cape. Um, That's delicious. So now because of that, you get two things. One, when we do start the game, you start with priority, which means Ooh. that you have like kind of the the upper hand in the event of a tie, you would win. Mm-hmm. And then in our first part of character creation, where we are taking our advantages, um, you get first pick. This works kind of like a draft where... Um, at the end, we will both have two, but you get to pick one and then I get to pick one. And to my understanding, we're not going to, we're not going to choose any that the other has chosen. So we're, we're drafting. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Well, let's look at these advantages here. Yeah. I like to be your opponent's exact type. There is <laughs> something funny to me. <laughs> oh, that really is. Yeah, there's something very funny to me about like you. So there is a fictional uh, form that I have identified in my years that that I call the fight boy um, and very much like like the, the uh-huh. fuck boy. Uh, the yeah. fight boy is only wants to do one thing. And that's get mm-hmm. in fights. Uh, yeah. Dragon Ball Z has Goku and Vegeta. Those would both be fight sure. boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of think. You know, and there there could be romantic, like sexual attraction elements to this, but mm-hmm. I think it's like you had this decades long career where you were on the run, mm-hmm. fighting whoever you wanted, being this you know amazing superior knight, but all you wanted to do was fight me, and I just would never give you the satisfaction. 
I kept coming to you mm-hmm. when you were on watch. Oh, God, we're really we're making me out to be a little bit of a patsy. And I love it. This is great. Well, I mean, here's I'm- the thing. My hands are tied. And also, it's like the one thing that everybody has always said to my character is like, boy, you should just go and take care of that person. And it's like, I can't. I can't. The princess asked me not to. I have never been given the order to take them on. And so my hands are tied. I read the rule book three times. Killing me that you won't fight me. And that we can't have, we cannot have this fight. We can't ever. Oh, it's forbidden. Uh, Well, (laughs) we can't hold lances anymore. It's impossible. I like this. I like I've been I've, I'm starting to invent in my head that our characters may have forgotten that there might be other ways to fight. Like, there's, <laughs> like, well, it's pointless. like if we get in a fist fight, that proves absolutely nothing. It proves absolutely nothing. Yeah. Ooh. All that matters is on a comet with a lance. Once you fought that way, you know, there's no going back. I just had a very funny thought, but I'm holding on to it. For later, in case it becomes narratively relevant. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. All right. You picked a pretty good head start there. Um, I'm going to go less dramatic here, but equally as important to me and say that I have superior fashion. Love it. Yeah. I, I was looking <laughs> at the various choices um, and superior fashion was the most important thing here. Okay. This is difficult. Uh, And I Mm. think the reason that this is difficult is many of the advantages that are listed here um, assume a very different type of situation than the one that we have come up with. Okay. Uh, So like I, I, the, the one that I maybe would pick uh, would be, a more accomplished record, but I I think that's explicitly untrue based on our uh, reputable versus underestimated situation. I don't Um, know because you have like the record by the book. You've got well, Mm. I don't even know that that's true because like what happened, you know, uh, who knows how many knights are are in this kingdom or whatever, but like I took on the role where I basically acted as all knights while every other knight at the table went to chase you for goodness knows how long and you won every single fight. So Mm. like when people talk about, well, who was the greatest knight in all of history? And you know, there are like the hundreds of years ago knights that they talk about, but like then they come to the modern era and they're like, well, your character beat like dozens of knights in yeah. in in single combat, taking them on multiple times at once. Like, well, this other knight like was technically doing everything else. Yeah, but who cares? There were no other knights involved in those fights, so they don't matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I don't know that I have the more accomplished record. Sure. Um, I want. I uh, so I would like to generate a different advantage. And I don't Please know do. if this affects the drafting uh, scenario, but I guess we were only choosing two. Yeah. Um, so I 
think. Hmm. I think I've aged more gracefully. <laughs> Bitch. I can't. That is. Uh, that's so dirty. Um, and I love it. I will absolutely. I will absolutely take that. That is delicious. Also, really like really playing assist on like just this whole character, including being like my character's exact type. Like, it's just like, I want to hate you about it, but. Well, I mean, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't think, I, I don't think it's not reciprocated, but my character is very stuck in, I need to be able to forgive you. And you refuse, you just refuse to do the one thing that I need for us to be like best friends and maybe more. Who knows? Yeah. Just, just be normal about this. Uh, You're getting every opportunity. We're dancing in some ineffable territory right here. I love it. That's very good. I would like your input as to what this could mean. But okay. I am drawn to opponent in a compromising situation. Okay. Okay. Um, it could be that once a year, yeah. okay. there is a holiday uh -huh. where I drink more than I normally do. I uh -huh. think it's the sort of thing where my character will go into the pub, will order yeah. the drink that they always have, and... They will have like one beer a night, essentially. But there is a holiday that specifically calls for knights to like drink to the glory of the kingdom that requires like all knights drink three beers. And I always end up drunk because I have absolutely mm -hmm. no tolerance. So I am the level of drunk, the, the most level of drunk that I ever get. It is this night. Yes. Okay, perfect, delicious, thank you. Um, clothing. What are we, what are we looking like? I, I am, I am going to say, I'm going to start off by saying that I still wear the Tron armor despite it not having any purpose oh, Dylan. in my life. We can't take off the Tron arm. We can't. When you get a lance, <laughs> you are sealed inside the Tron armor. Oh, so, no. Yeah. And so, what, like, you're always a knight. You're always known as a knight. And, like, that's normally a good and cool thing. But it also leads to reasons that the Tron armor looks goofy. Uh, there's a laser right. cod piece because you need to have the laser cod piece. So you sure, can turn sure. off the laser to use the facilities and, and whatnot. But sure. like the rest of the goofy Tron armor, that's always on. Yeah, um, the Tron I armor also, stays on all the time. You've got glowing nipple ports on the Tron armor. Um, sure. Because, yeah, you know, if there is like a lady knight who would like to nurse a child, like whatever, like right, you need to be right. able to turn She's that off have... just like the cod piece. Yeah. So the most prominent, the most like it's yeah. like goofy uh, fucking Batman returns or whatever. Like you oh, just yeah. 
by necessity of the armor, you have a glowing codpiece and glowing nipples. Yeah. That's what I know. Yeah. Um, I think, all right, first of all, A plus, uh, spectacular. And I, I, I just, I would, um, in terms of, in terms of the head, it's very important to me. Are we mm-hmm. encased? Are our, are our faces fully encased or do we have the ability to like lift a face shield up? What do you think? I like the, I mean, <laughs> these knights need to be able to kiss. They need to yeah, be able they to do. kiss. They like, need to be able to kiss. But I do kind of like that there's like a face shield that needs to lift up to make that happen. So it's kind of always an awkward situation. Yeah. And it's like, still, I just, I, I love that we've created this sort of like furry-esque challenging experience of trying to connect to one another where like there's so much shell around us except mm-hmm. for like small little portions. But then there's like sort of an advantage in that, in that like as an ex-knight, you get to have this like built-in anonymity when like navigating the world around you as someone with potentially like a a history, a past or a reputation or things like that. So it is there's there's some benefits. OK, though, mm-hmm. because we're staying in this Tron armor. because yeah. it's awesome. Mm-hmm. How what is what are like the what are the differences in my and yours? Yeah, because you've got know superior fashion. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I kind of think I, I I also think like the armor itself has got like a pretty robust boot situation and mm. pretty robust shoulder situation, which makes like everything in the middle, you're like a skinny little beanstalk, like yeah, skin tight sure. bodysuit sort of thing with glowing nipples and crotch. Um yeah. So, like, it just emphasizes, like, an unbalanced look to your character. Um, I kind of think that actually, like, probably one of the biggest differences is your lance determines the color that Mm. your suit glows. Um, Yeah. So probably the way that we know each other, you're the only person living who's got a color that glows like your color, for sure. Because you're the only person who's held your lance and like, goodness knows how long. Okay. All right. What? All right. So uh, can I, can I say that my color is purple? Yeah, of course. That makes the most sense. Thank you. (laughs) What would you like your color to be? I think it's a sky blue. Mm, That's nice. That's very nice. I think then... I think that the color difference is more just like how we recognize each other. I think in terms of like my fashion being superior, I think mm-hmm. that I wear like a tiny kerchief, like a like a plaid Ooh. kerchief <laughs> over the Tron armor. Um, like, and you're not supposed to do that. No. You're not supposed to accessorize. No, but I do. <laughs> because again, uh, th- flamboyant. I'll have the handbook says very specifically that you're not supposed to accessorize. Do you not understand that a simple pocket watch would take you from mid to 
astounding. Why can't you there's, see that? There's nothing in the rule book that says that's allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Delightful. Oh, goodness gracious. This episode of One Shot features music from the following artists. Vapor by Mandamore. This episode of One Shot was edited and sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of their work online, anywhere, at The Other Tracy. And that is the first part of our I Have the High Ground session. And even though I came into this with some quippy little ideas for this scenario going in, I'm just so happy with how it grew from that small one-line idea of two disgraced knights arguing with each other. Ugh, so good. Okay, but before I say my farewell for now, I just want to take a quick moment and remind us all that we are in the start of Black History Month here in the USA. So maybe take some extra time this month to intentionally learn about Black history and maybe check out some projects by Black creatives. For instance, have you heard Three Black Halflings yet? Truly a funny and charming D&D show with a great, cozy, friends-at-the-table kind of vibe. I highly recommend giving them a listen. And that's all for this week. We'll see you next week, heroes. As always, thank you to the wonderfully generous people who support OneShot on Patreon. But if you want to support the show in a non-monetary way, it is as simple as just talking about the show. Tell your friends about the show, rate or leave a review, or tag us on socials and tell us your thoughts. For updates and one-shot news, please follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok at SuperDylan, that's S-U-P-E-R-D-I-L-L-I-N, or check for updates on our website at oneshotpodcast.com. For information about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or a general comment, please message me at dylan at oneshotpodcast.com. Again, that's D-I-L-L-I-N. Finally, the music creeping up behind me is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cap Records. I can't wait to have you back for our next adventure, heroes. Hey heroes, it's James here. It's time for you to grab a bird, a saddle, and a lance. Because we've got new episodes of Sky Joust coming at you next week. Sky Joust is the OneShot Network's competitive sports drama actual play. Inspired by your favorite sports animes and set in Skyjack's world of sphere. Follow four different adolescent jousting teams as they battle their way through the quarterfinals, eventually to face each other in head-to-head PvP matches. It's competitive because we have four different teams of protagonists, and everybody's got a reason to win. But there's only one championship spot, and the game decides who takes the crown. Watch your favorite performers from around the one-shot network and world of actual play in some intense and hilarious moments. You can listen to Sky Joust right now by heading over to your favorite podcast app. 
and search for Skyjoust, S-K-Y-J-O-U-S-T, with two exclamation points. If you first checked out Skyjoust when it was on the Skyjax feed, we are finally airing brand new episodes, so it's the perfect time to jump in. We'll catch you in the lists, heroes. <laughs>